This is the Family Culture Project, episode 50, How to Be a Bad Listener. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you to live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you are meant to be. We all go through our daily lives engaging in many conversations with others, but most of the time we don't listen as well as we could or sometimes should. We're often distracted. We think we're listening to the other person, but really not giving them our full attention. What does it look like to listen to one another in a way that makes us feel heard and fully seen? Most of us have had the unfortunate experience of talking to someone that is just clearly not listening. The person that you're speaking with may be nodding their head, but mentally they're just somewhere else. Despite our attempts to justify the person's preoccupation or lack of interest, it still hurts. Not only have I talked to people who are bad listeners, but let's be honest, I've been a bad listener myself. Sometimes I can remember listening to my beautiful wife and not actively listening to her, meaning that I am actually listening, I'm actually absorbing, maybe I'm actually starting on the path that she wants me on from what she was saying, but I'm not paying attention, there's no eye contact, I'm off doing other things, maybe I'm cleaning up the counter, and it's just not a good recipe for communicating to someone else that you're actually listening to what they're saying, that that what they're saying is important, and that you care. I can totally relate because I do this with the kids sometimes, especially in the evenings when they have a lot to say and I'm in the middle of trying to get dinner on the table or we're trying to get out the door to go somewhere. I, I find that I nod my head but I keep doing what I'm doing and I know that doesn't you know they're getting old enough now where they're starting to say mom you're not listening you're not paying attention put down your phone why aren't you looking at me Um, so they know it I mean I don't even have to the children know when you're not paying attention to them yeah and it's so important because the, the 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 act of listening with the children especially is all about sharing and being in their life and a part of their life and their ability and wanting to share. And I feel like if we don't on a consistent basis do the act of listening, they're going to share less, which is kind of a sad thought. I mean, I was sitting down with Ellie yesterday and actually she talked to me about dress for her dance that's coming up. And, and I started asking questions and I was actively listening and I'm like, show me showing again then the interest and then she literally showed me sat down with me which I was kind of surprised but it was awesome at the same time and she just showed me and I gave my commentary on the dresses that she liked and the ones that I liked and we kind of came up with a couple good choices and and it was fun but again again there's that connection that you feel when you are in those moments but the only way those moments are successful is the act of listening Mm mm-hmm You know, in a healthy culture, we see this. We see how important communicating and listening is. And when you listen to somebody, you help them feel valued. And that's what makes them feel a part of something bigger than themselves. That's what feeds into a strong and healthy culture. But when people aren't seen and they aren't heard, they don't experience that. They don't feel a connection to either their workplace or their family because they feel like it's an environment where they're discarded and not paid attention to So obviously being present is not enough. A good listener listens with their heart, their eyes, and their body language. And when they do, others feel safe and can relax and share honestly. This is a tremendous gift that we can give to each other. Dale Garnegie, who wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, 
stated that many people failed to make a favorable impression because they failed to listen intentively. He quoted, very important people have told me that they prefer good listeners to good talkers, but the ability to listen seems rarer than almost any other good trait. I can totally relate to this. I know that there's times when I've had conversations with people and to be honest, I didn't get a word in edgewise. They just talked and talked and talked and talked. And then I'll see them another day and they'll tell me what a wonderful time that they had with me, like the week before. And I'm like, really? Because I didn't even say anything. But the fact that I sat there and I listened to them goes a long way. It goes way longer than me talking about to them and updating them on me and monopolizing the conversation, right? Like when you feel heard, it makes a big difference in your relationship. So here's a few examples of bad listening. The first one is interrupting. So this is the worst communication habit ever. When we interrupt people, we are telling them that the conversation is all about us. And many times we fool ourselves into thinking that I have something to say. I want to make sure I remember it. If I don't say it now, I'll forget it. And we jump in, we interrupt the conversation so that we can share what it is that we want to share. That's that doesn't work well, it puts people off, it makes people feel like you're not paying attention to them. And honestly, if what you're saying is so essential to the conversation that you're having, you'll remember it later. Another thing is advising. I'm great at doing this. (laughs) (laughs) So who knows the person that gives advice when you're talking about the subject and you're explaining whatever you're explaining, but the other person is without being solicited to giving you their advice probably the last thing you want to hear, but one of the first things us bad listeners do. Wait to be asked before you give advice. The person you're speaking with will be much more appreciative of your wisdom when you do this. So the next one, the third one, is something that I do quite often. It's called over-relating. And this is when you share your story in relationship to your friend's story. So it does. It makes me feel connected when I can relate to my friend's story. But what happens is when I begin to share, oh, I experienced that and that happened to me. And when that happened to me, I did this. What happens is you're actually hijacking the conversation and you shift that conversation to focus on you and and the information that you want to provide, you are saying that you're more important than that other person. And it's actually just plain rude. It's okay to wait until that speaker is done speaking to let them know that you have a similar experience. Yeah, absolutely. The fourth thing that we do as bad listeners is anticipating. Instead of listening, we are formulating our next sentence, our rebuttal, our response, and we're really not paying attention to the listener. Thinking about what you're going to say next prevents us from being in tune with the other person because in our mind, we have shifted focus from them and what they're saying to what we are going to say and and how we are going to say it and how we're going to um, interject ourselves within that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to not think while someone's talking to us because we assume that we know how the story is going to end, what point that the person is getting to, how they're going to finish what they're saying. And sometimes we don't. And for us to already be calculating our response, you know, undervalues what they have to say. Yeah, it actually becomes rude at times because sometimes you actually completely get wrong what you think they're saying and they're saying something else. I've been guilty of this a couple of times. 
Do you want to know what your loved ones really think of you? We've created the Family Retreat Packet to help you connect with one another and get honest feedback on how you are doing as a family. It's like a 360 peer review, but for families. It takes the guesswork out of planning because it includes everything you need to host your own family's retreat, such as a sample itinerary, a packing list, and activity suggestions. Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com and for only $4.99, you can download the Family Retreat Packet and host your own family retreat. Be sure to type in the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com forward slash shop to get your copy. So here's a few ways that you can listen well. First thing you can do is you can give eye contact. And this might be uncomfortable at first, but it is definitely worth doing because when you keep eye contact with a person, it indicates that you are focused and you are paying attention. And if possible, don't look over their shoulder to see what else is going on around you. Um, Sometimes you and me have conversations and we're not paying attention to each other. And I will often say to you, when you're frustrated with something that I didn't remember or something that I didn't completely understand, I'll say, did you make eye contact with me? Were we sitting down looking face to face with one another? Or were you in the kitchen while I was in the mudroom walking out the door? I think that eye contact goes a long way in making sure that you not only hear what somebody says, but you retain what somebody says. So it's not just the eye contact. It's it To me, it's also one the eye contact with acknowledgement and then and then next the next tip we have is body posture it's sitting up straight with your shoulders squared um, to the speaker leaning into the conversation eye contact which we mentioned but that together it's your body posture and your eye contact together tells the person speaking to you that you are there you are listening you are paying attention Mm-hmm. And if you're standing there talking to someone, a good little trick is to look and see where your feet are pointed. Because if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're standing up, maybe you run into them at church or you see them at a cafe or at school and your feet are pointed in a different direction, it's most likely that your waist or your body's pointing in that direction as well. You're not conveying to that person that they have your attention. You're actually telling that person, "Oh, I'm on the way to going somewhere else." And a lot of times, and we've all done, I've, I think you're we've stopping all done me. This. Yeah, yeah, we've all done this. Is that we want to move on? We want the conversation to end, so we start sort of like turning Rushing away from it. them. We start twisting our shoulders in the opposite direction as like kind of a cue to let them know that you've you've got to move along. Yeah, that's rude. So I mean, at reads, the end of the day, it yeah. winds up not per, not 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 making the other person feel welcomed. Despite the fact that you might have been glad to see that person, you're just saying to that other person, you're not very welcome right in, right in this moment because yeah. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. So be I mean, mindful to even just shift your shift your body towards them. I think that makes a huge difference. And I notice that in myself now when I, I talk to people, I do my best to do that. Facial expressions. I'm great on facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> so where you fail most of the time or where I fail most of the time is that your face is saying something different than really what, what you want it to say. So if your face can make the impression that you're not listening, that your mind is somewhere else, that, that, that you're, you're not engaged in the conversation. Um, not a, you know, so what you think you can do is not occasionally and smile mirroring the different expressions of the speaker shows sympathy and empathy in more emotional situations. And another thing you can do is eliminate your distractions. So put away the phone, the books, the iPads, anything that takes your attention away from someone else. Social media and text can wait. There's really nothing so important that you have to do when you're talking to somebody. And a lot of people, even now, they'll put their phones, the phone on the table. But you know what? I find myself every time that thing lights up, 
even though I don't actually like address the text or I don't actually like pick up my phone, it's still a distraction. It still averts my eyes away from the person that's talking to me. And it still makes them feel like whatever's going on on my phone is more important. And you know, I get notifications for things that aren't people's texts or aren't people reaching out to me. They're simply notifications. And, and it's a shame that something so trivial would take time and attention away from the person that I'm actually speaking with. Yeah, I think that's great advice. The phone should really be away and not visually distracting. And if you're waiting for a very important phone call, it's okay to tell this, your friend or whoever it is you're talking to in the beginning of your conversation, hey, I'm really waiting for something. Um, do you mind if I keep my phone here just in case it comes in? Like create an expectation too with your friends so that they're not thinking right. that it's like you're waiting for a call. Something like you been. normally do or yeah. just, yeah, it's just a random call. Right. Mm -hmm. When you're listening to someone, you can ask questions to, to further along the conversation and, and, and to clarify what's been said. For example, you can say, tell me more about that. You can say things like, I heard you say this. Could you tell me more? Or even sort of point out, hey, this is what struck me about your story. Just reiterating to them the points that stood out to you. And they absolutely will appreciate that. Definitely shows interest when you do that. Mm -hmm. I always like the, the questions on the how, the how questions. How did you come about that? Or how did you decide to do that um it's always it helps further their portion of mm -hmm. what they're trying to explain and trying to get it out mm -hmm. keep in mind most conversations with a coworker, friend or family member require social skills it's meant to be a back and forth exchange you know even though these steps seem obvious for many and myself included they're often forgotten however with a bit of intentionality and practice these practices can become second hand I think it's really important to take the time to practice these because, especially in a family, as your children observe your behaviors in this area and as you teach them how to do this, these things, they will become good listeners as well. And it's a very important part of family culture in general. If you want to have and build and maintain a strong family culture, you have to be active listeners to each other or else, again, the sharing stops. And if the sharing stops, a lot of what you're trying to develop within your family's culture is not going to, to reach the levels you want it to reach. The Family Culture Project has a great website, but do you know what's an even better one? My wife's. She's been at this blogging thing for a while now, and she has a lot of smart things to say about faith, family, and community. Aw, thanks, babe. When you're done listening to this episode, head over to KimberlyAmici.com and see what I'm talking about. And don't forget, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. Hey, that's my line. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.